What is going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. Today, we have Jeremy Green on the show. Jeremy Green is the founder and CEO of MojiChat. In the early days of MySpace, Green was the number one musical artist on the platform and ended up receiving record deals with Sean Combs. Overall, MojiChat, which enables users to project 3D hologram emojis via smartphones, is absolutely crushing it, and his story from a musician to an entrepreneur is absolutely inspiring. And if you are listening to this podcast, make sure you subscribe, screenshot this episode, post it on your Instagram stories, tag Jeremy, tag myself. And that being said, enjoy the show. Today, we have Jeremy Green here with us, the CEO of MojiChat. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So your story is absolutely incredible. But before we dive into it, I'd love for you to give the audience some insight into what MojiChat is and when you started it. So MojiChat is my second company. Um, Basically, in a nutshell, we'll we'll Google AdMob for live stream. That means that we monetize people's live streams through the bit donation system. So MojiChat invented a non-intrusive way to run ads through live stream. That's what we do. Got it. Got it. And I know you said um, second company. Can you give the people some insight into the new company you're working on? No, no. That was the new company. The first company that I worked on was a company called Ping Tank, which was yep. the first overlay company ever. Um, so filters didn't exist before us, really. Um, there was no filters or overlays or facial filters or any of those type of things. So uh, I dreamed up the idea after watching the social network and I had a thought like if me and you are on Instagram and we take a picture and we're drinking Ciroc vodka and we happen to find like a Ciroc bottle animation that we could select that could like slide across the frame in a really cool way, me and you think that's really cool, but what's actually happening there is you're watching a commercial, you're playing with yep. a commercial, and then you're sending that commercial out to be shared everywhere. So, yeah, I built that, got invited into Facebook to launch that at the F8 conference and built it into over 900 million devices. It was pretty impressive. It was, it was wow. pretty cool, yeah. That's incredible. And it's interesting because your story is so incredible. I'd love for you to take us back to, you know, when you first – started that first company and why you got into entrepreneurship all along well my background was a uh, back further than that because you know i have a music background so yeah uh, i'd say it started back <clears throat> in the day in the myspace day um i grew up really 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 poor I think kind of like eight mile <laughs> the movie eight mile <laughs> yep but you know i didn't want you know my mom was a drug addict sister was a drug addict the state took me away at a really young age put me in group homes and kids shelters and and when I got out, I just didn't want to go down the road that they were down at all. And so I started producing music and uploading my music to MySpace. And, you know, it took me a few years to get really dope because when I first started, I was like terrible. I was like terrible. Um, but the more time I spent on it, the better I got. <clears throat> and then I started uploading my music to MySpace and um it didn't do anything because like no one knew who I was. It was hard to grab traction. So I ended up hacking the system and driving my plays through the roof on MySpace. So I started climbing the charts a little bit and then organically it started happening. I started getting bigger and bigger. Finally, um, you know, MySpace time, Tom Anderson and, and Tobin Watkinson reached out to me 
and said, look, we know you're hacking our system, but we can't prove it. We don't know how you're doing it, but we really like your music. <clears throat> so we'd like to sign you. So they flew me in and I signed to MySpace Records. Um, put out a record with Pitbull that went like, I think platinum, or I don't know, double platinum, one of those. Um, and then MySpace collapsed. I actually became the, one of the yep. number one artists in the world on MySpace when it existed. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> so after that, very cool. Uh, I started working with, with Puff uh, at Bad Boy Records, signed to Puff. And I'd say I learned everything I know from marketing from Puff. Um, was with him a while, wrote a lot of records with him, produced a lot of stuff, and then went broke again. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. ended up back in the trailer park. And that's when I saw the movie The Social Network. And that's when I dreamed up the idea of the facial filter overlays and you know, all those things that people were not thinking about at the time and we built it. So that very cool. That was really you know, that was my first you know, run in, but we can we can go into the longer story if you like, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'd love to touch on just because I think especially in a time like this with coronavirus and it's so unpredictable and everyone, you know, it's there's so much uncertainty. When you, you know, went from top of the world from music to like you just said, moving back into the trailer park, what was going on from a mindset perspective in your life and how did you transition out of that negative situation? Well, first of all, I was heartbroken. Um, whenever you fall on your face, it's it's really it's it's really hard, right? Like but you have to remember that, you know, life goes up and down, up and down, up and down. And and it's the point is to like stay consistently steady and then climb, right? So I just remember like, you know, <clears throat> being around Puff to doing all these amazing things to ending up back and looking at myself in the mirror one day going like, man, you're like, you're back in Waterville, Maine. You got no heat in your house. It's the middle of winter. You barely got any food. You got to do something. And that's literally when I watched that movie and I got super inspired to be like, man, I, I got to build something like this is, I've been using technology my entire career to get on in music. I got to figure this out. And I went to bed that night and I dreamed up the idea of Pink Tank. And people thought mm -hmm. I was crazy when I was like, oh, we're going to, I'm going to advertise on top of, you know, photos and videos. And no one really got it <clears throat> except for a guy named uh, Tim Draper, who I, I happened to cold call and pretend I was the chairman of Google's assistant <laughs> to get him on the phone. <laughs> and then I pitched him the idea. And I think he just thought I had like the biggest balls ever. So he, he invited me to come out and pitch to him. Flew out there. Wow. Like, didn't even have a product, dude. Like, nothing. Yeah. Like, like just an idea. And he <laughs> invested a uh, quarter of a million dollars in the spot in the room, which he never does. Wow. Um, three months later, uh, Kylie Jenner and Tiger and all these people started using the product and kind of getting behind us. And then we got the call from Facebook. Sheryl Sandberg uh, made the intro to John Lagerling, who still sits on my board of advisors now, who was running Facebook Messenger. And they asked us to build it inside of Facebook. And by the way, I had zero experience. So all of a sudden, I'm like going from being dead broke to building into Facebook and launching at the F8 conference. Wow. Which was insane, right? Because like, yeah. So now I got to spin up a team and figure out how to build this thing and do it right. <laughs> Luckily, we got it done. Um, because you know, my co-founder Derek is a brilliant engineer and really oversaw the team and did a really good job executing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
It was it was incredible. I can't believe. And, and by the way, we made so many mistakes in that first company. So many mistakes. Got it. What is your advice for, if someone's looking to you know build a some sort of software or a new piece of tech? When it comes to raising capital, what advice would you give to someone that's looking <clears> to <throat> do that with the experience you have now? Well, raising capital it can be a very hard thing. Look, there are, there are some people who come from Silicon Valley who, you know, parents may have been in tech that allows them to go and raise $30 million and not have to work a day in their life. And then there's other people who literally have no idea how to do that and have to struggle to figure that out. So it's really about your network. It's about getting in the right network and being around the right people who can open those doors to investors that really matter. And by the way, you shouldn't just take any money. I know so many people who take a ton of celebrities' monies, but they don't add any value at all. Like at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's cool to have a couple yeah. of celebrities here and there. You know, I, I do that, but like to base your company all around celebrities and it's not a great idea. I would say like focus on people who are really, really, really brilliant and are really tied into the space that you're trying to be involved in. Find the highest caliber of that person, get them to work with you, and then and then have them intro you to some really great VCs. But as a very first starting raising money for the seed, look up angel investors in your town and pick up the phone, email, constantly, constantly, constantly stay on top of it. Because you're going to hear 100 million no's before you're going to hear that one yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's the truth. I have a question. Just before that one like seed raise, mm-hmm. if someone's looking to, you know, before they pitch, what should they have for a fair? You know, do they build out the MVP first? No, What's your I think, I think it's- advice there? <laughs> so- I don't, I don't think that's really necessary out the gate, right? Because a lot of people like always want to build the product and then go pitch investors. If you put together like a really good deck that tells a story and paints a picture of what you're trying to build, the right angel investors will help you put in some money to build the MVP. You know what I mean? Yep. I think yep. I think if you put a you 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 gotta paint a picture of where you're trying to go. Like a deck is so important. You know, you got to just, you got to paint that vision. And that comes with product yep. too. Like when you build a product, I've seen some of the most success, like amazing people in the world who are brilliant build terrible products because they're overly smart, right? It's like this. Yep. It's like the difference between like an Android device and an iOS device, right? And like an Android was built most likely by a bunch of brilliant people at MIT or, you know what I mean? Really smart guys. Mm-hmm. But, an, but an Apple product? It's just sexy. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> it's it's it's, totally. it's designed right. One thing that Steve Jobs is really good at doing is that he would make you pay three times the price of the competitor product, right? He'd make you wait yep. in line, and then you would feel lucky to be spending three times the price. And that comes with <laughs> a good product. The UX UI is beautiful, the design is beautiful. So I think the first thing about any product is just make sure it's beautiful and easy to use. Super important. Got it. Very cool. How do you, how do you look at the economy right now with everything happening, pandemic, coronavirus, and how it's affecting not only tech, but just, you know, these massive companies like Airbnb or I mean, I mean my, um, Slack or. I mean, my heart is broken for a lot of these companies. I mean, it's completely unexpected. I think the only thing that's surviving right now, to be honest with you, is really the tech uh, in the tech space is like the gaming space, the medical space. Mm-hmm. 
luckily I'm in the gaming space, so it hasn't affected us too much. Thank God for that. But yep. I think we're going to be seeing some serious pushback on VC funding for a little while. But, you know, things will get back to normal. Um, it's going to take a while. I can tell you that we're never, ever, ever going back to the world we had before. And I also think, yep. I think we did this to ourselves. You know, I think that, mm. I think Mother Nature has a way of st like stabilizing things that are happening. You know what I mean? Like, I just think, you know, if you look back, how do I put it like this? If you look back like every hundred years, something like this happens. Like the last one was yep. like the Spanish flu. You know, this was bound to happen. Like, serious death toll will not be from, like, yeah. nuclear weapons or things. It's, it's going to be from, you know, a coronavirus. It's going to be a pandemic. It's going to be something of that caliber. And, you know, unfortunately, the world was just not prepared. You know, and I think yep. that, you know, especially the United States, like, we are just caught with our pants down right now. <laughs> you know it's unfortunate totally. but like you know it's it's that makes it, sense it is what it is you know i want to i want to take a step back to this i know that you talked about just your humble beginnings i i want to hear your thoughts on how that really shaped you as a person and you know what your what some of your goals were going through high school and middle school and just through <laughs> your upbringing like what was your trajectory and what was that part of your life like on a daily basis i mean i had a really hard life man i mean you got to remember like half my life, you know, was, I didn't like have a normal life, <clears throat> childhood life. Like, you know how like you went to prom and did all these things. Like I didn't have the luxury of doing those type of things. You know, I was in group homes mm -hmm. and kids shelter. So 90%, you know, 90% of my childhood was just wondering why I didn't have a family who cared about me the way, wow. you know, that I needed. So I had yeah. to figure out a way to, you know, if you saw where I come from, you would be shocked where I'm at now. You know what I mean? Um, yep. I think my mindset was that I'm never going to become what my family is and I deserve better. And this is yep. absolutely wrong. And I need to get myself out of Waterville, Maine. That was my main focus, right? And <clears throat> so I would sit around and I would call every single record label. And I would sing over the phone. I was driving people crazy. I once, this is a true story. <laughs> I once pretended to be an intern for a week and a half at Russell Simmons company. They didn't even know how I got in the building just so I could put a demo <laughs> on Russell Simmons desk. Wow. Like legit. Like I was an intern for That's like a hustle. week. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I just, if you look at people who are successful, a lot of them have had to suffer and eat shit to get where they're at. Right. Yep. I don't believe in big. Flashy craziness of like, I don't think I'm a smart guy. Like, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to ever go out there and be misplaced. Like I'm the brilliantest guy on the planet. I, I just don't think that. I think I know product more than most people. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't think, yep. you know, I don't think that I'm the smartest guy in the myself with people who were absolutely brilliant, you know? Yeah. What was your first steps to building that network? And now you talked about earlier when raising capital, being in the right rooms, going from, you know, trailer park and not having this perfect upbringing, like a lot of people don't, what was your 
step in that direction to start talking and having conversations with those I'm people. sorry, say it again? Just what were the steps you took to start building that network that you now have in your life that's opened up How, so What many was doors? my first steps to building that network? <laughs> Just getting yeah. on the phone. You know what I mean? I was constantly, constantly on the phone just harassing people. And so like, you know what I, you know what I mean? Like you just have to be relentless. Yeah, your phone is the most powerful thing you have. You know what I mean? It, it literally is. Yep. But you got to like constantly be on top of it nonstop. You know, I didn't, I just didn't have the luxury of having all those intros. So I was just, I would watch documentaries. I would, I would see who the people were behind the scene, who were the people with the opening and doors, and I would contact those people. Right? Like I would like the social network. Like I literally tracked down all the people who invested in Facebook in the very early stage. I just did my research. You gotta do your research, especially a lot of the people that are listening to your podcast don't have big mentors. So they're gonna go like, well, how do I do that? Well, you research it. Yep. Go on Angels List. Go just figure out if you want an Airbnb, go Google who are the first investors that contact that seed investor, reach out to them. You, yeah. you just got to figure it out. Yeah. I'm fascinated by just your transition from, you know, music to, to tech and software. What do you recommend people to do if they're, you know, they're in that transitional period? How do you find that next thing and how do you attach to that next product that you want to build when you know, shit's not going your way and you feel like the world's just out to get you. And first of all, stop fucking feeling sorry for yourself. The world owes you nothing. Like, and this, like you can do anything you put your mind to if you want to do it. That's, you know what I mean? That's the thing is like the 99% the of the world's problem is they don't believe enough in their self that they can pull shit off, right? Like, so what? It doesn't work out. But at least you tried. A lot of people... Yep. Don't even try. They literally don't even try. For sure. That's that's real. Yeah. <laughs> what? So did you did you adopt that mentality just from, you know, having nothing and coming from that background of like, yo, I want nothing to, I don't want to be like my family. Like, where does one not only find that, but where did you find your internal drive and? How did you attach onto it at a young age? I'm sorry, say it one more time. Just finding, like, finding your drive when you were younger and like knowing where to spend your time. <clears throat> well, I knew. Where did you find I knew that I drive? was a good singer, but I knew I had to get better. So I wanted to learn how to produce. So I kept myself in the house for, you know, 10 hours a day learning how to produce records. You know, yeah. I, I just. I was relentless at everything I did because like, I was like, okay, I want to be a dope producer and a writer. Okay, I'm going to sit in the house for the next two years until I figure out how to be extremely amazing. And then I stayed there for another yep. two just to make sure. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> for sure. Now, I, I wanted to, just regarding the music industry, I love hip hop, being a hip hop fan, right? And I think a lot of people out there, they, they see all these people blowing up and on social media. In 2020, if you were to give advice to a young artist or a young producer, what do you tell them and where should they be spending their time in this current state of music, how everything's streaming and how social media is so vi like vital to, to building that longevity. <clears throat> what advice do you give to someone that's looking to come up in, in social media? Well, just no music producing oh. as a Here's artist. Here's my best advice. Ready? Sit your ass in the house and learn your skill. If you think you're a producer, Stay there for two years working on your craft 24 hours a day, nonstop. 
The moment you think you're hot, stay there another two or three years just to be positive. Period. It's all about putting time mm. into your craft. That's it. Yep. So listen, brother, I love you. You're the greatest, but I got to jump because I got to test these calls. Totally. But I, I, can't, I appreciate absolutely. it so much. And I, lo I love to see how. Hey, absolutely. Sure. Last thing, just where can people follow you to stay tuned and everything oh, you got you going on? Follow me at Real Jeremy Green on my Instagram. Got it. Well, that being said, Jimmy, thanks so much for coming on, brother. I will talk to you. Dude, you're the soon. greatest. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you.